This is episode 35 with Ryan Cash. Welcome to the Capitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everyone? Uh, if you're listening to this the day it drops, it's April. It's finally April. It's warming up outside. I know I love it when it warms up and I don't have to wear my winter coat anymore. I hate the winter. It's just so cold. Uh, no, really excited for spring. Really excited for April. My birthday's in April, so I always make like a big like month-long celebration to me because I'm a little egotistical like that. Uh, so today we have Ryan Cash on. Now, Ryan is the founder of Snowman, a company that has released this amazing game for the iPhone called Alto's Adventure. Now, Snowman's been around for a while, had a couple other apps, and they decided to dive into the game world. Now, the reason I brought Ryan on is, one, I think this is an amazing game. I started playing it. I got hooked immediately. I tweeted to them saying, like, this game is awesome. He responded. Then I decided to have him on. And the other reason is, A lot of people have been asking me about how to make a game, and to be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot before speaking to Ryan about it. Now, games really aren't my thing, and I know that they take up a lot of time, and there's a lot that has to go into it. And you'll hear in the conversation that I have with Ryan just how long it takes. So many people think that these games can be turned around on a whim, and don't get me wrong, some have, let's say Flappy Birds, for example, but then what happened? Flappy Bird got taken off the store, the guy got sued for copyrights, and all sorts of problems. But a game like Alto's Adventure, that's really intricate, even though it seems so simplistic, took, I think they said, like two years to do the whole thing, maybe like a year and a half, and they missed their first date and whatever it is. Then the kicker was, how do they market it? And this is what's really cool about what they did, because... They marketed it as a movie. They released teasers. They released a trailer. They released a poster. They had people on their Twitter stream reading this stuff. They were giving some behind the scenes. They were showing how they're building the app, building the game. And it was really cool because that's how all products should be marketed, really. Your users want to see behind the scenes. Your users want to see what does it take to get this product launch or get this thing going this is why we like looking at what's going on inside the google's google offices to see oh they installed a new slide on the third floor and things like that one of the other things that uh ryan and i talk about is knowing when it's finished and i've discussed this with you guys before mvp minimum viable product can you get version one out the door and the problem with that when it comes to a game and you'll hear this in the conversation is that If you release a game with bugs, no one's going to want to play your game and it's done. But if you release an app with bugs, most people will stick around enough to try another version once it gets updated or something like that. So it's a hard break to see where the MVP really is when you're building something like a game. So I'm going to stop talking now. I'm really excited about having Ryan on. And here's my interview today with Ryan Cash. What's up, Appitalizers? Got a great guest for you guys today. I want to introduce Ryan Cash, founder of Snowman, an app development company up in Toronto. Ryan, how are you, man? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being here. So Ryan's company, Snowman, makes a bunch of apps, uh, shifts, checkmark, super squares, circles, and the one I actually reached out to Ryan about, which I think is the most amazing game I've played in a long time, Alto's Adventure. 
Dude, that game is awesome. Thanks. <laughs> um, I hope so. Uh, we spent a long time working on it. It was definitely like the biggest thing we've ever worked on so far. So um, let's, but let's talk about that for you know a lot of people who are listening want to make a game, and Outdoors Adventure seems like such a simple thing. For those who don't know, it's just a, it's a side-scrolling snowboard game where you just go and you're snowing down a hill and you have to do these challenges like flip over a hole, a chasm, or grind your board on a on a thing of flags or catch a llama which is a by the way hilarious um <laughs> how did you go what's the whole process for building a game because that's a really tough thing right um yeah i mean we we had never done anything to the scope of alto's adventure before uh but i mean like the the way we approached it is uh we had an idea and so at first you know we we're just kind of discussing it and figuring out if it's something that we want to make and uh, from there we just we started doing a lot of sketching on paper because um, a, a core sort of principle on, on why we made the game was uh, as snowboarders ourselves we found uh, any similar kind of game just really didn't do a good job with the terrain like it didn't seem like they had skiing or snowboarding experience or, or we just kind of figured like we could make some terrain that would be really cool so that was kind of actually the first thing we did was you know, what kind of cool terrain can we come up with? Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of phase one. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, you know, we just, we started uh, looking to put like a team together um, to find, you know, the right balance of everything. And uh, yeah, from, from there, I mean, we just, we just kind of started making it and, uh, now, did yeah. you bring in, did you bring in, I mean, I don't really know a lot about your background, so we'll get into that, mm -hmm. but, like, the game is so beautifully and artistically done. It's, it's very simple shapes, and the music is so, it's, it's so calming and such. Is this your team? Like, you guys were all able to do these kind of things? Did you bring in other people? How was that whole process from sketch to final? Uh, yeah, so we, we brought in uh, a couple. So the way we've worked is we've kind of always partnered with different people for different projects. And so... For this project, uh, we probably wouldn't have even started if we didn't have uh, Harry Nesbitt, which was the artist and developer actually on this project. Um, and it was sort of like, we had this idea to make a snowboarding game and we had Harry's kind of art style just came to mind. Like after we started talking about snowboarding, uh, I immediately kind of thought like, hey, like I know this guy that would sort of be perfect for what we're trying to achieve. I wonder if he'd be interested. And uh, I don't know that we would have even made it if he wasn't interested. Um, so, yeah, we reached out to him and started chatting about it. And uh, it was a good thing he was interested. Right. So, Harry comes on board, and and then what happens? I mean, you know, you have so many intricate shapes. You have the background that changes and such like that. Mm -hmm. You know. Was this something that you guys were sitting down, you like storyboarded out the whole thing, or did you just say, um, oh, this would be a cool feature, let's just throw this in there? We, we actually kind of, um, yeah, I've had this question a few times. We, we actually kind of came up with most of, you know, what you see now before we even started on the project. So uh, we added a lot of details as we went, like, for example, the shooting stars or the rainbows. Um, or the lightning and the thunder, but the core concepts of the game were kind of there from the get-go in uh, in our minds. Uh, 
so um, we kind of, I guess, did sort of storyboard the basic idea, and then we started working on it. And as we kind of went, we we added little things, but for the most part, everything was sort of in there from the get-go, um, with probably the exception of the wingsuit, which came up really early, I would say, within the first four or five months. Um, I just kind of thought, like, hey, it would be really cool if you could wingsuit in the game, uh, which we didn't end up adding for probably another six months. But, but yeah, for the most part, it was kind of... We mapped it out on paper. We, we knew what we wanted to do, and then we just got started. Um, lots of, like, the visual flair and effects and stuff like that, um, you know, we added later on or came up with new little ideas and details, but the core concept... Uh, didn't really change because you got, you can't really add those visual flares until you see how it's progressing, obviously. Right, exactly. And uh, at some point, you have to just stop because I mean, we were always just like, oh, it would be really cool if we had this and then that, and um, we'd often add those things. But at a certain point, we finally had to say like, okay, no more. We're never gonna finish. Right, and the feature creep is yeah we've discussed. And, and actually, that's that was one of the biggest challenges. Is you know knowing when it's finished. Um, we started in January 2013 officially. I, I think we probably started talking about the project November, December of 2012. And then our original target release date was September 15th, 2013. And that was like um, allowing for extra time at the time. And so we missed that by about a year and a half. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, some people are in the minds, especially with like startups and stuff, like um, just you know build something, get it out there as soon as you can, see if people can find it. And I kind of don't think that works very well with apps. People expect like a very high level of polish when they download an app, and if it feels messy or unfinished, uh, you're gonna turn them off right away. Right. If it, uh, you know, if it's if it's a startup or like something like Snapchat or Uber or whatever, you can you can launch with limited set of features, but you still have to be polished. But if, if you're doing something like a game, which is it's almost like a movie um, in a way, like you, it's an entire experience. And if you're you can add stuff later on, sure, in an update. But if the core package on day one isn't you know a solid experience, then you know you can't really expect people to to like it and talk about it and share it and right because nobody wants a glitchy game no and and no one wants something that's like not a total package right i like that though game apps are like a movie did you treat this like a movie did you do like a... uh, yeah so we i wouldn't say i necessarily treated the project like a movie but we treated the marketing like a movie in a way like we said you know how does christopher nolan you know drop so much hype for like the next Batman movie um, maybe it's not Christopher Nolan himself doing the marketing but like how do they you know why is everyone waiting for the next Batman movie or the next Jurassic Park movie or what do they do that's so successful and I mean obviously they have the name and the brand right. Batman or Jurassic Park behind them and it's, at this point it's a huge thing but still you know what are they doing to drop that much hype and so we kind of tried to mirror some of the things they do what do you guys do? So, you know, like, so having like a, a very very vague teaser image, or like for example, with with the, the movies, they would maybe like you'd see a poster, like you'd go to the movies to see a different movie, and you'd see a poster with like 
I don't know if it's Jurassic Park, you'd see like a few like claws sort of like slashing through like something, and it would just ha- it would just say like something very vague, maybe not even saying it was Jurassic Park, but um, or saying you know Jurassic Park four and like no date or like you know 2015 or 2016. The, te- you, well, with the teaser poster. Yeah, so yeah. With, with with apps, like, um, you know, we're not going to go buy billboards and stuff and put up teasers in real life, but what you can do is put up, like, a teaser website. So same kind of thing. It's, like, very vague and just says, like, coming soon or coming to iOS next year or this year or whatever, something very, very kind of vague. Right. And then from there... Um, like what the movie industry kind of does is they'll often do like a teaser trailer. So if it's Batman and I'm making this up, but you know, you might have like a dark room where like a guy's talking to somebody and you don't realize that it's like Bruce Wayne until the very end. And then maybe you just very, very subtly see like the Batman logo on like his chest or something. Cause it's hard to see. And then, so the whole time you're watching this little teaser, you don't even know it's Batman until the very end. And then everyone goes like, oh my god, there's a new Batman movie coming out. And they haven't told you anything about the plot yet. Um, and they've just sort of gotten the, the excitement going. So that's uh, so then after that, they would maybe wait like until a month or two before. I'm not exactly sure what the, the timing is for them. And then, you know, they'd have like a full trailer come out. Um, so what did you guys do for your teaser, though? Because I mean, um, Alto, for for Alto, like, did a lot of did a lot of people know who Snowman was? That th- your games are so big that this would people um, going to hit this up, or did you have to do a lot of marketing with it as well? Uh, not like we we were somewhat established in the press as like a company that makes apps, and that was sort of primarily through Checkmark, uh, Checkmark One and Checkmark Two, but um, you know, no one was expecting us to come out with a game like this I don't think like we hadn't done anything where people were you know watching us to see if we're coming out with something cool right in, in the game space so um, we didn't spend any money on marketing but we spent a lot of time and, and effort and did a lot of thinking about you know how can we you know create that hype that we want to create so you guys created like a teaser video for the game yeah so we had a teaser website, and then shortly after, we did an exclusive interview with uh, Cult of Mac, which is like a popular Mac website, where we kind of revealed a little bit more than we had ourselves. And then, uh, yeah, then we were pretty quiet for quite a while. I think we posted a few teasers on Dribble, And then uh, in September, uh, just like this past September, we posted a teaser video which was about a minute long and very vague like didn't really say what the game was about but it was the first time people could see the game in motion and uh, I think we said coming early 2015 at that time or maybe we just said coming soon I forget uh, and then yeah and then we were pretty quiet again I think we did a little seasons greetings thing um, late December didn't say anything just like just something to like kind of pop back up, up out there and on Twitter, and then uh, the week before we launched the game in the App Store, so we launched on Thursday, the February nineteenth, and the week before on the Wednesday, we posted our final trailer, which you know fully shows the game in action and um, 
it's like a minute and 45 seconds long or something like that and it's kind of our sort of final reveal and at the end of that we say like we're launching in the app store next week and uh yeah that was sort of the process and i think it's important to just basically slowly reveal what it is you're working on and the more times you're you're doing things the more you know you're in the press like if you just do which we've done for other products if you just do a trailer the week before and say hey announcing checkmark 2 here's the video it's coming out next week that's better than not doing that but the more you can do leading up to it better but you know it doesn't work for all types of apps like if it's a very simple game like super squares or circles you can't really draw up you know that much hype and suspense because it's you know it's a simple puzzle game um, so you have to you know work with uh, the cards you're dealt sort of by your own product um, you know you can't have you know six months of, of teasing checkmark because it's, it's just a to-do list app no one, right. no one cares that much um, but if you have something really cool to show um, you know people are going but yeah yeah but if I mean even if you have a very simple product at least sort of figure out the, the best way to sort of build that up yeah. and build it up yeah you, essentially what you want to do is you want to build your audience and yeah. uh you know we talked about this before on the podcast going into that movie thing where people like people who who consider their products like movies a lot of p- times you have like you said the teasers and the trailers maybe some behind the scenes things like i'm going through your twitter feed now mm-hmm. and i see on february 13th and i want to talk to you about how the app was made but you guys posted a picture of the app being made in something called Unity, right? Yeah. And you're showing like a background of how the app is going to be built. And this is um, this picture is just showing kind of the background and, and, and the, the I guess the physics of it, showing how the character uh-huh. can drop into the the what you have is the quarter pipe and how they land and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that you know going and showing that behind the scenes things because that's what everybody likes now when you get the DVD or the Blu-ray you. You've seen the yeah. movie, but you want to click behind the scenes and check out other things. So that's always a, a great way to promote your product is the teaser, the trailer, and the behind the scenes as like a nice package. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's another thing. And uh, some games, depending on your, the kind of game you're making, you can do, uh, um, you can have like a developer blog where you, you know, show off, you can be completely transparent and show off, you know, everything as you... You know, as you work on it and as you make progress and stuff. So, talk to me about how Unity works because I know a lot of the people who are coming up with apps, most of them work in Xcode for iOS or they do some sort of job. What? Explain to people what Unity is. So, Unity is a a game engine, and the sort of the great thing about Unity is, um, well, there's a huge community behind it um, of third-party developers. The company itself is very like friendly and helpful. There's like you know there's a whole forum and everything on their website where you can talk to other people. But what really kind of sets it apart from just building your your game in like Apple's programming language or Google's or you know a specific language is that when you build something in Unity, you can uh, just sort of export the game to whatever platform you want to release it on. So. You can build your game in Unity and then say, export for iOS, export for Android, Xbox, sorry, export for Xbox, um, export for desktop computer. Um, 
and each time you do that, it's not, you know, you don't just hit one button and it magically works, but um, for the most part, it, it kind of is up and running. You have to, uh, you have to tweak it and you have to add all the APIs for the, like, for example, with Apple, we have like Game Center and iCloud and, you know, achievements and things like that. So if you're, if you're then doing it for Google, you have to, you know, use their version of, of what iCloud is on, on the app. Apple platform, you have to add their own sort of game center thing. Um, and then you also have to test for the different screen sizes. If you're doing it for Xbox, there's the whole difference of you're not using touch input anymore, you're using controllers. So it's not like a magic magic button or anything, but it makes it a lot easier to Because most of the stuff most of the stuff you can reuse, right? Yeah, like the you don't have to rebuild the game from scratch. Um, now, which is, is you know, Sorry, is Unity a like a graphic way of building it or you still have to code everything in like actual code um i'm not actually a developer myself so i may not be able to answer that as well as someone else could but uh it's it's a game engine like i i spent some time messing around with it myself and uh you definitely have to code um there's definitely like um little kind of snippets you can borrow from things and um i guess plugins and other people who have already done certain types of work that you can sort of borrow their code or borrow their little snippet. Um, right. So you don't like make the art. Maybe you can in the game, but you usually, you know, you make your art in a different program that you, you bring it import into. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So how well has Altos been received by the, uh, the community in general? Um, really well. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been by far our biggest product release. Um, you know, it's the most press we've had. Um, you know, almost no one has anything bad to say about it, or if, if they do have something to criticize it with, you know, it, it makes sense, or it's it's just maybe their opinion, and it's we totally respect that kind of thing. But like, yeah, it's just been uh, a wonderful experience so far. And you guys just did. You went to the what was it? The graphic, the gamer convention. Oh yeah, GDC. It's uh, the Game Developer Conference in San Francisco. And how'd that go? Uh, that was awesome. We uh, we got to meet with a lot of cool people. Um, we ended up running into like fans and stuff on the streets and at different little parties because we we made these Alto T-shirts so people knew who we were. Um, you guys need to give away a snowboard. Uh, yeah, actually, we talked about doing that as one of our marketing plans. Um, make some like custom Alto snowboards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe we will at some point. My I only can, my sure. only beef with the game. I, first of all, I love this game. I'm playing it like almost every day. Awesome. Honestly, my only beef with the game is that I'm stuck because sometimes. So in the game, in order to go up in levels, you have to pass the. I'm loading the game right now on my phone while I'm talking to you. Yeah. Um, you have to go up and you have to pass these challenges in order to get to the next level. Yeah. And I'm stuck where I have to land. Oh, I think I passed it. I have to now land two triple backflips. But the yeah. one before this was like jump on three wooden platforms and grind off of those the thing yeah. is that like it took like 10 or 15 runs of the game in order to get to a board that had yeah those platforms is that purposely built in there like do you guys um, do that so that way people play it longer or do you I expect mean, people to get frustrated and throw their phones on the floor <laughs> no we we actually we spent a lot of time trying to avoid having <laughs> goals that were like uh you know kind of like a, 
a blue moon sort of situation where you have to just play for days and you know just hope to get super lucky and run into something. Uh, unfortunately, it does still happen where there's a goal that you you know you have to play for quite a bit in order to run into the scenario that'll let you achieve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we definitely spent a lot of time trying to avoid that as much as possible. We did want to have um, you know a little bit of that where like you you know you have to play for a while. Um, but I, I like to think that, or not I like to think, but if you if you play for a while and you're you're quite good and you you can stay alive for a while, you can you can achieve most goals within uh, within one run. Like um, if you stay alive long enough, basically, like those three ramps will come up. Right. Um, I think I remember it, I had it like I I think my longest was one of my longer runs and it like and I was able to finally get to it and hit all three and i was like oh thank god (laughs) yeah Uh, so there's definitely some frustration built into the game not really on purpose to frustrate people like we didn't want to do the whole flappy bird drive you nuts kind of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think in some ways it can be a good thing like it can you know it can draw you back into the game and a certain level of that is is kind of acceptable yeah, because that's what makes it challenging, and that's the challenge is what people play exactly. it for. Exactly, and, and everyone has different you know skill levels in the game, um, and for some people it's just that they need to play for a little bit to get the hang of it, and others kind of, and we've seen this with our beta testing, you know, the countless friends that came over to play the game when we were building it over the last couple of years. Like some people would pick it up, and within like a couple minutes they'd be pretty good. Other people were pretty hopeless for ten minutes, but for the most part, I mean it. It was something people could pick up relatively quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's some people that like are stuck on the two triple backflips, and they send us an email, and they're they've been stuck for so long. But uh, you know, other people have no problem doing it. I'm fearing that I'm going to be stuck on that for a while because I'm yeah. On it now. So um, it's kind of like one thing we wanted to do as well is just go back to that old school gaming thing where like games can be hard and they can you can be stuck on something like. Right. I think a lot of people have a problem with that nowadays because they're used to other games where you can either spend money or virtual currency to skip something if it's too hard, or you can just go a different way or whatever. We need to go back to we need to go back to like 1980s Japanese port Nintendo games that always had yeah. something like really ridiculously hard for American audiences. <laughs> yeah, we wanted it to to be like that, so like you can't just you know zip through the game just because you're investing your time in it. You know, there is an element of skill. And, uh, yeah, just even, like, thinking back to, like, um, Nintendo 64 and different games, like, uh, I remember when I got all 120 stars in Super Mario 64. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was like, it was hard, and it was, or at least at the time, it was really hard. And I was working on it for so long, and, like, there was places that I just I couldn't pass for the life of me, and then, I, you know, I'd finally do it. And then, like, it was kind of uh, a bragging right, and, like, we kind of wanted to bring that back. Like, you know, if we wanted people to, you know, be at school or work or whatever and say, like, yeah, I'm on level 42 of Alto, and other people are like, how are you on level 42? I can't beat level 38. Like, I just can't get over this stupid goal. So we kind of wanted an element of that to, uh, to be in there. Well, as long as you don't do... There was some version of Final Fantasy, like, years ago. I forget which one it was where if you didn't do something specifically mm-hmm. and you just pass by it and then you save after that point 
you'll never be able to finish the game because you had to do like this one thing to get this like small oh, crystal oh. to like beat the final boss and there'd be no <laughs> way to beat the boss without this crystal and if you didn't save prior to that point so that way you can go back and try it again like you would never be you'd have to start the whole game over again oh wow that's crazy yeah that's what i'm talking about like that's what and that's what happened back i mean we're talking about like the late 80s early 90s for this and like and then american audiences were like we need easier games <laughs> yeah and i feel yeah. like the iphone really catered to that but this is a good this is a good change of pace Mm-hmm. I remember I saw it. I was looking for new games because I play a couple. You know, I play Clash of Clans, and I was playing the Family Guy game for a while, but I stopped playing that one. And I went on, and I was just like, "What's new?" And it, in, and Alto was in the featured of the week. I think it must have been the week you guys dropped the game. And yeah. um, I was like, "All right, you know, I'll, I'll pay a buck ninety nine for this." And I and I and I checked it out, and what really got me was the music in the game. Like it's so. Yeah, the music is. Uh, it's so zen. I really want to like that's the only way I could describe it. Yeah, yeah, and we we wanted to do that as well because um, there there are lots of games and endless runners where like you might kind of like the music and you you know you find yourself like whistling the music or whatever, but ultimately it kind of annoys you and you know you're playing it and your friends like hey turn your sound off like right that's pissing me off so we we didn't want that we wanted something that if you were gonna listen to for hours it would sort of hopefully never get old. Um, and we've had a couple people say they hate the music. Really? Um, They're wrong. But, uh, yeah. Which is a little <laughs> surprising, but uh, I mean, that's the thing about art and music is everyone has their own yeah, taste. Yeah. When um, you guys were coming up with the music, is this something you guys did in-house? Did you bring in uh, a... No, uh, we, we actually we hired a guy um, from the U.S., this guy named Brian Crawford, and uh, yeah, he did the music. So you showed him what the game was, and you kind of just... Did you have a direction for him, or did you just let him do what he wanted to do? Yeah, we had a bit of direction, but it was kind of mostly, like, we heard some of his other pieces and said, like, okay, we really like this one. We, you know, we want something epic, but we want it to be kind of relaxing, and we want it to be something that you can listen to for, you know, over and over again without wanting to, you know, cut your ears off. Right. So, yeah, he's just kind of one of those guys, like, that's all he kind of needed, and then... He made the music, and I think there are a few tweaks we made to it. You know, like we gave him a little bit of feedback from the first cut, kind of thing. But um, yeah, when you work with the right people, you can kind of leave them to do their own thing. It's kind of like um, for Interstellar. I think I heard Christopher Nolan had Hans Zimmer make the music before he even knew what the movie was about, or obviously saw the movie, um, which is that's just to a whole never whole another crazy level, but. Yeah, when you're working with like the right people, you can kind of let them do their own thing, and it usually works out. Right. Well, I mean, the game is awesome, guys. If you haven't checked it out, go download this game, Alto's Adventure. It's on the iTunes Store. Is you have it out for anything else yet, or just iTunes right now? Uh, no, it's only out on the App Store. All right, so it's only on the iTunes yeah. Store, but it's for iPhone, iPad, uh, iPod Touch. Um, yep. It's a dollar ninety nine. Put some food in Ryan's on Ryan's <laughs> plate. Um, it's an amazing game. Kudos to you guys and your whole team for doing it. Thanks. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And thanks for being here, man. Yeah, for sure. So real quick before we end, I always ask my guests, where can people find you online? Uh, so you can find well, you can find Snowman at builtbysnowman.com. You can find Alta's Adventure on that website or at altosadventure.com. Uh, you can find me at ryancash.net is my personal website. I do a little bit of blogging there once in a while. 
um, some interviews with other developers and that kind of thing. And then you can find me on Twitter at uh, Ryan A. Cash. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. My thanks to Ryan Cash for being on the show. Guys, check out Alto's Adventure on, on iOS. The buck ninety nine. It's a great game. It's totally worth it. A couple things that he had mentioned, though. Uh, we discussed treating the game like a movie, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, and how they went about doing it, leaving the teaser and the trailer out and stuff like that to help build the audience so when the game finally did come out, people knew about it and, and wanted it. And that was a huge component to their marketing aspect. And the other thing is that games are hard. I mean, there's a lot that has to go into it, and you need to be able to be a designer and the music and the flow and all these things. So take that into consideration. But what really I love about Alto's Adventure is that Ryan and the guys over at Snowman are snowboarders. They love snowboarding, and they took their passion of snowboarding and turned it into a game and turned it into an app and made it something that's now becoming a worldwide phenomenon. So... Kudos to the guys over at Snowman, Ryan and the team. Congratulations, and I wish you guys the most success with the game. Everyone else, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, It's going to be a great month coming up. And remember, go capitalize on your idea. We'll see you soon.